The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Gabe Wisdom, who is a radio talk show host himself. Uh, he is also the author of a new book called Wisdom on Value Investing. Welcome to the show, Gabe. Hello, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Let's just start off uh, with a little bit of your background so the audience has a sense of your expertise leading into uh, the writing of this book. Okay. I'll, I'll, let me get right past uh, Born in a Manger on Christmas Day because, okay. you know, no one would believe that. Uh, but I'm, I'm the co-founder of American Money Management, one of the nation's uh, uh, our registered investment advisory firms that uh, handles accounts for clients in 31 states. We also mentioned a uh, manage, manage rather two public uh, mutual funds, uh, the Fallen Angels uh, Value Fund and the Fallen Angels Income Fund that are distributed through Schwabi Trade, Scott Trade, Ameritrade, and so on. Um, as you mentioned, I uh, have been one of the nation's, let's just say, enduring radio personalities. I've hung in there a long time. Uh, I started back in 1968 as an underground FM disc jockey back when uh, the Beatles were still together. And, wow. uh, and, and of course, uh, stayed with rock and roll FM radio uh, through some of the most exciting times in uh, contemporary rock music. When, yeah, I mean, you know, all those bands, they were young. They were together, and they were selling millions of albums. Uh, I've... Uh, appeared in syndication for a number of years now through Business Talk Radio Network. Uh, I've, I appear uh, periodically on CBS Radio. I was on National Public Radio for three years. Um, and I've managed more than a billion dollars for wealthy investors since 1983. Uh, I say wealthy investors, not all of them are uh, wealthy. I say many are, are affluent middle-class people. Um, I serve on several boards, including the Harvard Business School Alumni Club of San Diego. I'm a licensed private pilot, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much me. Tell me about your track record of your money management over these years. Well, you know, a friend of mine said, uh, who himself is a very prominent money manager, uh, a guy named Ken Fisher, who uh, you and I talked about off air, Mm -hmm. uh, said that the way that... uh, that uh, investors know that they don't have another Madoff situation is their manager periodically loses money. Madoff never lost any money. Right. <laughs> Every statement showed a gain. Uh, it was a nice, smooth ride all along the way until suddenly it all turned to pumpkins and mice. Well, uh, money managers have good quarters and bad quarters, and over a three- to five-year period, the great managers outperform the market averages, and they generally show something between 8 and 12% annual total returns. And that's been uh, our history for the most part. We've had some years where the returns were phenomenal, I mean, too good to mention. And we've had years like last year where they were horrifically bad, but, ba- 
but relative to the markets, we did pretty good. We lost a whole lot less than the market. <laughs> Unfortunately, we were only 40% in cash when uh, the 2008 crash occurred. It should have been 100%, but you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. So that's, that's more or less our track record. Uh, I, the book is titled Wisdom on Value Investing, How to Profit on Fallen Angels. It took me 25 years to learn how to profit on fallen angels, frankly, and it, it took me 10 years to accumulate the material for this book. So uh, I, I, could, I could say that I've, I've you know, I've, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm grizzled, I'm experienced, uh, I, think, I think I know how to manage money. Let's go back to the basics of value investing versus growth investing. Uh, how would you describe the two approaches, and why do you think value investing is better than growth investing? Well, there's no saying that on Wall Street, when you figure, when you think you figured out, uh, you know the, uh, the 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 key to success, they change the locks. And value investing and growth investing uh, go in and out of style. Uh, growth investing is momentum investing. You're buying investments because uh, they trend upward. And the, the trend can be your friend for a very long time until it bends. And then when it bends, you can lose a good deal of money quickly. Value investing can easily be combined with growth investing, and that's what I propose in the book. Uh, value investing is where you attempt to purchase uh, shares of companies or uh, investments of any kind that could be you know, coins, real estate, baseball cards, it doesn't matter. You're buying below either replacement value or intrinsic value. You're buying because the mood of the investing public has has turned uh, a negative toward that particular company or a sector. And uh, in the book, I cover the three uh, characteristics of fallen angels, uh, and, they, and they are uh, very mood-driven or emotion-oriented, you know, opportunities that occur like we saw last year. Uh, there are recoverable calamities where a company gets into trouble and uh, shares drop dramatically as fund managers and others just want out at any price. Uh, they're recoverable because the company writes off the loss, the mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And, and, uh, and then uh, when they return to profitability, the shares spring back. That's, those are the most common kinds of fallen angels opportunities. Uh, crashes are least probably the least frequent opportunity that come along, but they're uh, but they're terrific when they when they do come because uh, everything gets marked down without regard to the quality. And then uh, industry specific recessions are very common uh, bargain hunting opportunities for for value investors uh, because every recession ends as uh, you know it, it just as every boom uh, ends so. Uh, value investing is, is is an attempt to buy dollar bills for fifty cents or at least less than a dollar. Growth investing is buying investments that are popular and, and hoping they'll become more so. How have uh, value investing versus growth investing done in the last two years or so during the traumatic period and, and during the rebound? Now that's a good question. Uh, over the over the last um, two years, uh, value investing has outperformed. Uh, growth investing only because uh, deep value stocks didn't get hurt as badly in, in the crash uh, as, uh, as growth-oriented stocks did. The growth-oriented stocks had, 
big premiums, all the air got knocked out of uh, growth-oriented securities. And that uh, that was true for growth-oriented companies that issued bonds. Uh, the bonds of uh, these kinds of companies just got shellacked. I mean, the, the poster child uh, examples got to be uh, the mortgage-backed security market. These were growth-oriented bonds with uh, AAA ratings in some cases, but they were trading at enormous premiums to their intrinsic value. Uh, they, they're not anymore. So you say that uh, you have a uh, recession or, or downturn and it always turns around. Uh, is that always because the government, you know, prints money and does deficit spending to get out of it? And I mean, some some would say that that's, that just can't go on forever. We just can't kind of print our way out of this thing forever. And then that they'll they'll come a time and we'll we'll have a downer and we won't come back the other side. You know that. I would agree uh, in part with that assessment that uh, you can't just paper over this one. However, um, we've had the same problem in every financial catastrophe in history. Uh, it, they've all been debt-related implosions, oftentimes uh, due to uh, a real estate speculation of various kinds. Uh, there's something that I've followed for a number of years that's uh, mentioned in the book called the Skyscraper Index. Uh, in, in 1999, uh, a, a property analyst in Hong Kong, a guy named Andrew Lawrence, created this skyscraper index, which theorized that the world's tallest buildings are often completed around the time of a major stock market crash. And uh, he had produced examples dating back to the early 1900s, including the Great Depression. Uh, that was a period when 40 Wall Street Tower and the Chrysler Building and the Empire State Building were constructed. And, of course, uh, this last year, 2008, uh, you've got the Burj Tower in Dubai, which was named the world's tallest building, and it was slated for completion this year. Uh, It stands at a very impressive uh, 2,684 feet. It's the highest man-made structure on the planet, but it is not completed. So uh, is the skyscraper index a coincidence? I I don't think so. I I think that... uh, Economic cycles mimic uh, human human nature, and human nature is such that we get very very excited and overconfident at the top of market cycles. And uh, so, so, are you saying that we're at the top of a market cycle because of uh, what's happening in Dubai? And that's an indicator we should not ignore. No, Dubai was uh, the canary in the birdcage two years ago uh, when uh, when they began construction in 2007 of the Burj Tower in Dubai. Uh, an attempt to build the world's tallest building in uh, one of the most inflated economies uh, on the planet. Uh, It was an indication that the the economic cycle had reached an extreme uh, level of optimism. And uh, sure enough, we had 2008, global financial crisis. And, uh, so it's when yeah. it started. It's not when the, the tower is finished that matters. Is that no, right? No, it's when they start. I see. Okay. Yeah, it's an indicator. It's an open-air indicator. Okay. All right. Well, I want to get into Chapter 1. Uh, again, I'm speaking with Gabe Wisdom, uh, whose book is called Wisdom on Value Investing. Uh, his first chapter is 10 Traits of the World's Greatest Bargain Hunters. And you talk about many different traits of them. The first one is to buy when people are celebrating, or complaining, and sell when they're celebrating. Why does something like that work so well? <laughs> well, I, I borrowed that slogan from J. Paul Getty. It's not exactly what he 
said uh, near the time of his death when he was willing to share his his secret uh, for wealth accumulation. He was a billionaire before it was a common term. Uh, he said specifically, buy when everyone else is selling and hold until everyone else is buying. That's not just a catchy slogan. It's the very essence of successful investing. Those are the words uh, of Jake Paul Getty. Uh, what he did was he he, he bought um, assets and stocks when everybody was was complaining about the market, was complaining about all the losses that they'd had, uh, was concerned uh, about uh, the future, worried about uh, the government, so forth. And he, he bought all these assets at deep discounts to intrinsic value, and then he would hold them and only sell when everyone was celebrating the high prices that these assets had achieved and feeling uh, overconfident. And uh, when there was a good deal of hubris uh, and uh, irrational thinking, in, in markets of all kinds, that is when J. Paul Getty would sell. So he, I, I shortened his phrase in the book uh, to simply buy when everyone is complaining and sell when they're celebrating. And then we go into some detail on methods to, uh, to do that so that you can, you can step aside from, from emotions. It sounds simple, but it's very, very difficult to buy something when everybody else thinks it's, it's a terrible investment. And <laughs> it's equally difficult to sell something when everyone wants it at any price. Right. All right, we're actually going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is uh, Gabe Wisdom, uh, whose new book is called Wisdom on Value Investing, How to Profit from Fallen Angels. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellent and both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Hi, this is Dr. Vijaya Nair. 
together with my dear friend Dr. Howard Piper, we are hosting our own show called Kiss Your Life Hello. We are two internationally recognized experts, researchers, authors, and health advocates in holistic medicine and counseling. We promise you a fantastic show with interesting guest experts to educate and entertain you with the latest information on mind, body, and spirit wellness. Join us on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific and 10 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. See you there. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Isa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Isa, where America learns to invest best from the boardroom to you voice america business network you've been listening to the money answer show with jordan goodman if you have a question for jordan or his guest please call us now at 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 now back to jordan welcome back to the money answer show this is jordan goodman your host my guest this hour is gabriel wisdom known as gabe uh, his new book is called Wisdom on Value Investing, How to Profit on Fallen Angels. Welcome back to the show, Gabe. Thanks, Jordan. We were going through the 10 traits of the world's greatest bargain hunters, and the second trait is to have a methodology to weigh the value of your holdings. How do you do that? Well, uh, I, I quote Abraham Lincoln in that uh, section. He, he uh, wrote back when he was president, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend six sharpening my axe. And I thought that uh, concept applied equally well to uh, to the area of investing. Uh, he certainly uh, did this when you know he crafted any legislation, or he he he, was, he acted in the capacity of president of the United States. He was uh, he was thoughtful. Uh, he's been admired many uh, years after his uh, his death. Uh, so the number two trait of top investors is to have a methodology for valuing the investments that you hold or thinking about buying. And what you do is you go through uh, a list of metrics that are included in the book. That's a different section. It's, uh, it's called the Pilot's Checklist for Successful Investing. Being a private uh, pilot myself, I uh, was motivated by the FAA's uh, requirement that uh, private and commercial pilots go over the checklist of an aircraft's essential components immediately before departure because up in the sky is no place to find out that a magneto's bad or a rudder's sticking or an engine isn't firing properly. You can't just pull over and fix it. A uh, mechanical problem is a life or death issue in an airplane. For uh, for an investor who doesn't go through the checklist, uh, you, you, you won't die, but you could go broke, which is almost as bad in some cases. So uh, that's why it's the, uh, it's the trait number two of, of the world's greatest bargain hunters. Okay, we'll go through the pilot's checklist a little bit later, but I want to go through our ten uh, traits. Yep. The next one is to stick to your methodology when times are tough. Uh, and I guess there have been some pretty tough times for value investors. I mean, during the dot-com era, everybody thought they were pretty foolish, right? And uh, so how do you kind of stick in there when everybody else thinks you're totally lost it? <laughs> uh, there actually were some great value stocks during the dot-com era. Qualcomm, for example, was a terrific value play uh, before it became uh, really inflated. So was Microsoft and Cisco. 
a, a good many companies were were quite cheap for a long time uh, because of the rate at which their revenue and earnings were growing. But um, the the trade number three, stick to your methodology when times are tough, is essential because invariably you're you're going to find that uh, that you you that the fate your fate is uh, such that you've you've gone you bought too soon, or uh, the business and economic cycle, what I refer to as Wall Street's great wheel of fortune, it just turned against you, and it's an opportunity actually to accumulate more of what you thought was cheap at a higher price. So, trait number three, sticking to your methodology when times are tough. Uh, in my uh, study of the world's greatest bargain hunters, it was an essential component to their success. So that's something you've done. You had something you thought was good. You bought it. It then dropped a lot, and you bought more because you thought it was even better at a lower price. Yeah, I've done that. I've also made the mistake of seeing a drop and not buying more uh, because the the, the the company experience, what in hindsight turned out to be a recoverable calamity. The fundamental argument for why you bought something changes when uh, they announce that you know they've uh, they made a mistake. And uh, they've got a big write-off, or there's some other problem that occurred. Maybe it was a lawsuit that they've lost, and they're going to pay out uh, the equivalent of uh, the entire earnings of a quarter, and the stock drops even further. Um, actually, that's that's one of the one most uh, common uh, opportunities that you'll ever have as a value investor to accumulate wealth. But it is the most difficult thing to do. And uh, again, the, one of the ten traits of the world's greatest bargain hunters is they do it more or less consistently. Your next uh, trait is to have an exit strategy. What do you mean by that? Exit strategy is to have an idea of um, when you're likely to sell. At what price will you be a seller? Going back to J. Paul Getty's, you know, buy when everybody's complaining, sell when they're celebrating. When everyone's celebrating, everything looks wonderful. Uh, The value of what you bought at a lot lower price just keeps going up. And people, analysts included, the experts, are telling you, telling the world, that uh, the sky's the limit. And, and so uh, if you have a price in mind, you might, you might not sell at the very top. You probably won't, but uh, you'll avoid the crash. Yeah. Uh, where do we stand today as far as uh, are we celebrating or not? And, you know, is this a time to be selling or, or are there bargains out there? I, I think we're climbing the proverbial wall of worry. Uh, yeah, that occurs in just about every uh, bull market. Usually in the in the market cycle, um, there's three phases to a bull market. There's the uh, the early phase one, uh, where the uh, the market is rising like a wave that isn't really visible except to the most savvy investors. Phase two, I think, is where we are now, where uh, the crowd looks around and says, "Hey, you know what? That is a wave. That's a wave that's building," and the momentum crowd starts to get on. That 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 phase two of a three-phase cycle lasts for a very long time. Uh, so I believe that's where we are now. We're, we're not overpriced yet, but we will see a market that is grossly overpriced before this thing turns down. So, uh, Gabe, how can you tell if we're not uh, uh, overpriced but not grossly overpriced so you don't want to sell too early? It's, it's essential that you... Uh, sort of look around and see what time of the market it is. It isn't just about being a good value or bargain hunter. A value investor uh, has to have a sense of timing, too, because um, 
as, as Marty Whitman, uh, the great bargain hunter, said years ago, a bargain that remains a bargain is no bargain. When you get a bargain, <laughs> you want it to go up in price, and you want the fundamentals underneath that uh, stock or whatever it is that you're buying to keep improving. And that goes for real estate or anything that you might buy. You want the population to grow. you around the property that you own. You, you want the fundamental story to get stronger and stronger. And uh, with regard to the markets, because they're liquid, uh, we see a lot more volatility. But the concept of uh, market cycles is pretty much the same in stocks, bonds, real estate, uh, coins, stamps. I mean, it doesn't matter. They're, they all follow certain cycles based on human nature. Uh, we are in a period now where the market is building momentum. It's clearly a, a wave that the majority of people around the world can see. They see a trend upward in the financial markets, and they want to be on board. And, and these things generally don't end until prices become uh, much, much higher, uh, generally uh, three or four times book value, uh, trading at a big premium to what the company realistically would be worth in a private transaction. Your number five is to be properly diversified but not overly diversified. Some people go too far and just have lots of little index funds. Is that the way it works? Yeah, uh, they own a collection of mutual funds that pretty much own the same stocks, and they think they're diversified. That, that happens a lot. Uh, another th- common mistake that people will make is uh, uh, they're either too aggressive or they're too conservative based on their emotion. And so what we recommend in trait number five in the book, be properly diversified, not overly diversified, is that you follow follow something that's been referred to as the rule of 100. I've also heard it uh, called the couch potato strategy because you can lounge in your lazy boy and make an asset allocation change just once a year. But you start with the the number 100, and you subtract your age. If you're 40, put 40% of your investment dollars in bonds, in conservative, income-oriented investments where you're sure to get your money back, or in cash or other low-risk instruments, and put the remaining 60% in growth-oriented investments, be they value stocks or growth stocks or a combination of, you know, things that that make sense. Now, if you're 60 years old, you reverse the allocation with 60% in bonds and 40% in stocks. Under this rule, as you age, you reduce your exposure to more volatile investments, and so you'll never be completely out of the stock market until you turn age 100. But uh, young people think they'll live forever, and they're prone to excessive risk-taking. Old people think they're, you know, they're not buying green bananas, and they're, they're too conservative, and inflation hurts them. That This rule of 100 uh, helps you be properly diversified, but not overly diversified. Your next trade is to live with volatility without changing your investment strategy. How does that work? Yeah, volatility is similar to turbulence on an airplane. It, it makes you jittery. It happens all the time. There's nothing you can do about it. But unlike airplane turbulence, uh, you, you can, which can make you nauseous, obviously, stock market volatility can actually be your ally. It can deliver the greatest bargains to smart investors by temporarily lowering the stock prices of otherwise sound companies. And volatility occurs in all markets, and many investors counter it by over-diversifying in hopes of reducing their risk. But um, as we've said, uh, spreading your investment dollars too thinly results in reduced profits. So the greatest investors, and this is why it's trait number six of the ten traits of the world's greatest bargain hunters, uh, the, the, the greatest investors uh, 
embrace volatility. They they rub their hands with glee when the market goes south. And out come their checkbooks, and they buy, and they take advantage. And when the market downturns put a dent in their existing holdings, they'll just buy more and ride out the volatility uh, because they know without it, they're not going to get to buy anything on sale. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Gabe Wisdom, whose new book is called Wisdom on Value Investing, How to Profit on Fallen Angels. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Journey into the realm of spirit, the source of all things. Master fear in these tumultuous times and learn ancient ways to abundant love and healing. Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity, will awaken the unique genius within you. Host Christina Pratt challenges you to initiate your innate powers within to gain health, well-being, and joy through the practices of Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. Tune in each week to Why Shamanism Now, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on 7th Wave Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. 
Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Gabriel Wisdom, whose new book is called Wisdom on Value Investing, How to Profit on Fallen Angels. Gabe, just tell people uh, how they can get it and a little bit about your website as well. Yeah, well, okay, Jordan, uh, the, uh, the book is published by Wiley, and uh, you can get it uh, at Amazon.com. It's, uh, it's at a nice discount there. I don't know how they do it. But it's a beautiful hardcover edition, and they sell it for like eighteen, nineteen dollars. Um, or you can go to uh, BarnesandNoble.com, or go right into a bookstore. But it's uh, Wisdom on Value Investing: How to Profit on Fallen Angels, and you can uh, get it directly through my website, GabrielWisdom.com. And I'd love to hear from any of your listeners that buy the book, uh, because I I think I can help them directly too. I'm happy to help anybody who buys this book. And what else do you have on your website? Do you have current stock picks or commentary? What else do you have on your website? Yeah, I've got some commentary and just some fun things there uh, to, to help investors. But uh, right now we're focused on the book because, as I said, it, it took me 25 years to figure out how to profit on fallen angels. It took 10 years to accumulate the material for this book. So right now I'd like to get the book out. Uh, your number, trait number seven is to recognize that volatility is not the same as risk. People often confuse those two. What is the difference? That's right. Yeah, risk is losing money. It's a permanent loss of capital. Volatility is just the changing prices of of uh, markets based on moods, and moods are the result of psychological factors, a state of mind, uh, and they have no business being part of important decisions like when to buy or sell an investment. Uh, because we humans are subject to moods and humans run markets, moods take on an exaggerated importance when it comes to investing. So volatility is your friend if you're a deep bargain hunter. Uh, it's an ally. It's not the enemy. Your next trait is to learn from your mistakes. Uh, give us a, an example or two of some mistakes you've made and how you've learned from them. <laughs> not that you've made oh, any. Oh, gosh, I've made so many. Oh, I've made many, many mistakes. Uh, I've uh, bought companies, you know, I've been doing this for so long now. I bought companies that looked terrific on paper, but they were run by scoundrels. They were run by people uh, who were taking as much as they possibly could out of the company. They were diluting uh, shares. It's the equivalent of uh, adding water to, to, to the soup bowl. And uh, eventually the shares just kept going lower and lower because management was not committed to uh, growing shareholder equity. So one of the important metrics on your checklist for successful investing is determining what management is doing and what the return on equity is. Is the book value of the company growing? That's an indication that management is uh, growing your capital. They have the same interest as the shareholders. Just give an example or two of a company like that that you did invest in that kept getting diluted. Well, a good one uh, would be GE, General Electric. Here's a company that is uh, one of the most respected franchises in the world. They're a collection of hundreds and hundreds of great companies. Uh, management has uh, been legendary. I mean, the people who become uh, the CEOs of GE are, are business stars. Uh, you'd think they'd have uh, shareholders' interests at heart, and, and maybe to a at some point they do, but mostly they're interested in making as much money as they can for themselves and 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 their and their managers at those companies, and they're not thinking about shareholders nearly enough. General Electric, for example, uh, has fallen from uh, the fifty dollar range where it was almost ten years ago to around fifteen or sixteen dollars a share. Uh, 
and and it's recovered more than 100% from the bottom of last year. So no. they kept diluting shares, issuing more stock, uh, granting uh, options to uh, management. Big mistake. Your number nine is to understand risk. What, what do most people not understand about risk? Well, uh, risk rears its head on the heels of complacency by investors. And, and uh, when people expect profits to continue rolling in and expanding effortlessly, uh, that's real risk. The crowd is generally wrong at market turning points, um, but they're right once a trend sets in. So if the, if, if the crowd is piling in to the market, whether it's real estate, stocks, or anything else, and, uh, and it looks like it's going to continue, there's not a whole lot of risk. It's like uh, the Japanese used to say years ago, uh, no one is in danger if we all cross the street together on a red light. And <laughs> that's not really risky. Um, but then again, uh, it does take common sense. And as Voltaire wrote years ago, common sense isn't so common, at least in the markets. And your number 10, ten trait is to program yourself to take advantage of opportunity quickly. Now, why do you say it has to be quickly when these trends you're talking about tend to be longer-term trends of greed versus fear and so on? Bernard Baruch used to uh, refer to the quick and the dead. Uh, the quick are those who move quickly when opportunity arises. Uh, the dead are those that stall and they get in too late or they uh, maybe they sell too soon, way too soon. Uh, the, greatest, the greatest investors, since we're talking about 10 traits of the world's greatest bargain hunters, uh, were, were always very, very quick. They, sh- they had their plan ready so they didn't have to do a lot of thinking when opportunity came. So they were quick enough to take advantage of the opportunity, whether it was selling or buying. And so if you program yourself to take advantage of the opportunities quickly, you don't have to think when they come along. Emotion doesn't come into play. Let's uh, jump quickly to Chapter 8. And again, I'm speaking with Gabe Wisdom, whose new book is called Wisdom on Value Investing, uh, which is your pilot's checklist. Since you're a pilot, I guess this is kind of the way you think of of things. And let's uh, briefly go through some of the things people should be looking for in evaluating whether a stock is undervalued or not. Uh, Your first one is quality checks. What are some of the the quality checks people should look for? Well, we mentioned uh, that book value is an indication of whether the shareholders are seeing their equity rise or fall. Uh, Return on equity is a a great uh, quality check. Uh, Has management generated high levels of return on equity? We want a company that's growing its own equity the value of its shares internally at a 15% or greater rate. So you look at the recent quarterly numbers, along with an average over several years, to check for consistency. That's, uh, that's, that's number one. Profitability is important. You want a low, or, uh, you want a low debt level. Uh, you want free cash flow. This is a great indicator. Does the company generate more cash than it needs to pay its bills? Is it, is it living below its means, in other words? Uh, revenue and earnings growth are essential. Is the company doing more business uh, this year than it did last year and the year before and the year before that? Is, uh, is, it, is it coming down to the bottom line? Uh, is management taking it all out for themselves, or are they uh, letting the company uh, earn this money and the shareholders earn this capital? So, As you look out in today's world, uh, with the economy somewhat depressed and so on, are there a lot of companies that meet uh, those quality checks? No. There haven't been. Uh, there haven't been for a very long time. Uh, you know, back in the last big bull market that uh, began in the early 1980s, 
uh, a lot of companies were seriously cheap. Uh, they had become uh, fallen angels and then some because they were all trading, or not many were trading, at a, at a fraction of, of the replacement value. And so they met most of the criteria by virtue of uh, having seen the investing public just back away after the miserable losses of the mid-70s and in a, uh, and a, and a prior market cycle. Um, we, we, we had some of that uh, recently. Uh, last year, uh, the entire market was trading at about half of, the, of its in, intrinsic value or its replacement value. But a good many of the major components of the market averages then and now uh, traded and trade at uh, huge premiums to what they're actually worth. Uh, not many companies are worth 200 or $300 billion, and there are no other companies that would acquire them for such an outrageous sum. And yet, uh, based on the market capitalization, the value of all their shares outstanding, uh, they, they trade at these enormous market capitalizations. Uh, they're, they're overpriced. They're just too popular. That's the problem. People feel comfortable with them because they're familiar names. Big mistake. That leads to your next area, which is valuation checks. Uh, once you've got something that has good quality, what are some ways of seeing if they're under or overvalued at the current market price? Well, we all know about the price-earnings ratio. You know, a company that sells at $10 a share and earns a dollar a share, trades at 10 times a dollar, so the price-earnings ratio is 10. Uh, we like to invert that and, and find out what do we earn as a, uh, as a shareholder Based on those earnings, even though all the earnings don't get paid out as a dividend, still, that's our money. Each share of stock you own, that's your interest in that company. So the company that owns that, that, that earns a dollar and trades at $10 a share, invert that number, and now you've got a 10% earnings yield. On your $10, you're earning a dollar. That's 10% on your money. Compare that to a risk-free investment like a treasury bond or, or a bank CD, and, and, and your earnings yield, which is on our checklist, should be two to three times greater than you, what you can get on, you know, on something safe. Right now, our earnings yields are very high uh, relative to uh, traditional. So that would be good for stocks because the, the risk-free yield of Treasury bills is basically zero today. That's right. So almost any return is going to be higher than the risk-free return today. I, I think you're going to see substantially higher markets before this cycle is over. Yeah. All right, and what else, okay, so there's PEs, there's uh, earnings yields. What are some of the other things that people are looking for as far as uh, the kind of valuation checks? A really good one, Jordan, is the price-to-sales ratio. A lot of people don't think about this one, but um, what are the sales? What's the top-line revenue of the company? A, a company can't fudge its sales very easily unless they're willing to break the law. I mean, that would be big-time fraud. Um, so what you do is you divide the current share price by the total sales of the company, the annual revenue, sales revenue of the company. It's easy to find. You just go to Yahoo Finance and, and hit uh, key statistics there, and then all that information comes up, and they even do some of the math for you. Uh, but since the ratio focuses on the top line, there's less room for fudging by management. I really like that one. You'll find a lot of companies today are trading at uh, half of their annual revenue. Uh, that's that's a sign of a bargain. All right, very good. Well, I'm going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Gabriel Wisdom, whose new book is called Wisdom on Value Investing, How to Profit on Fallen Angels. 
Uh, he's really giving some very good advice here to avoid trouble and, and make some good money in a low-risk kind of way in this kind of market. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. If you're thinking of starting a business or are already in business, tune in as the kitchen table entrepreneur addresses business ownership concerns. Business novice or not, let the kitchen table entrepreneur help you each week as we present and discuss the meat and potato issues of starting and running a business. Join the discussion. There's always room for your thoughts and opinions. The Kitchen Table Entrepreneur is a valuable program you should be tuning into every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There will be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Gabriel Wisdom, uh, a longtime uh, financial radio show host himself and author of a new book called Wisdom on Value Investing. Welcome back to the show, Gabe. Thanks, Jordan. We were going through uh, the, your, your pilot's checklist for uh, picking stocks. We went through originally uh, the quality checks and then the valuation checks. Uh, then you have timing checks. How do you know that the timing is right uh, to pull the trigger on particular stocks? I think this is essential, and maybe it's where some value investors or disciples of value investing get it wrong. Uh, they don't pay enough attention to the timing. You know, we've heard about the dogs of the Dow buying the worst-performing stock of the 30 companies in the Dow and hoping it'll be the best performer the following year, and sometimes that works pretty well. But we prefer in the book 
cats to dogs. Cheap and timely security. C-A-T-S. On Wall Street, cats are smarter than dogs. They don't just follow you blindly off a cliff, for one thing. Uh, and cheap and timely stocks are, or bonds or anything are securities that, are, that make the fundamental uh, criteria. They meet all the checklist uh, components here, but they're also starting to rise in price. A fallen angel, after all, is fallen, uh, but it's an angel because it should be rising. And when it starts to rise, uh, you, the, 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 the timing checklist here shows you moving averages and short interest and insider buying and selling and, uh, and other ways to catch them on the way up. It, it's important. Why don't you just give us an example or two of some companies uh, that meet your criteria on all three of these right now, that the quality is good, the timing is good, the valuation is good, uh, based on roughly current market uh, levels? Well, one that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a little awkward for me as the manager of two public mutual funds to, to talk about companies that we own, uh, but I will mention, I will mention uh, one or two. Uh, American Eagle uh, is is a is a retailer that you might be familiar with. Uh, A O E is the symbol. Uh, this thing has just been crushed. It is a uh, or see, no, let me, is that it? American Eagle. Let me just bring it up. I don't look at a I don't look at a quote machine that often, frankly. Uh, American Eagle is uh, uh, it's American Eagle Outfitters. I think is the yeah. Name. That's it. Second, AEO. I'm sorry, I got the. It's not AOE. It's AEO. Yes. Dyslexics out there, untie. That unite backwards. A uh, fifteen dollars eighty six cents. It was uh, as low as eight dollars thirty one cents. Uh, this thing has got a good. It's got an intrinsic value of about twenty five dollars a share. They've got plenty of capital, very little debt, uh, nice revenue and earnings growth. They had a recoverable calamity, the retail crash of two thousand eight. Uh, everybody knows that retailing is going to be lackluster this holiday season. But on Wall Street, what everybody knows isn't worth knowing. It's it, In order to make any real money, you have to figure out what is it that everybody doesn't know, at least not yet, and act before they do. Well, American Eagle's uh, line of, of uh, products has uh, a lot of repeat customers. Uh, they have a broad base of uh, distribution. Uh, they manufacture very, very cheaply. Uh, they're trading at one time their annual revenue. The price-to-sales re- ratio is very, very high. Uh, analysts are starting to warm up to it. Uh, it's so, so it's timely. It's moved already from a low of eight dollars thirty-one cents to fifteen eighty-five. We didn't buy it at the at the low. I mean, nobody buys at the low and sells at the at the top. It, it really can't be done, except by liars. But uh, here, it, it's cheap enough. And timely enough that I think a year from now you'll see it at around twenty to twenty-five dollars a share. That's a good example. And then uh, uh, one that's uh, one that uh, uh, one that then I also like in in the energy so- uh, sector is uh, Tidewater symbol TDW. I mean, I like so many right now. I just I hate to just single out. That's the oil services firm. Yeah. All right, I do want to get to some other things, but uh, it's, it's interesting to know there are some current companies that do meet these criteria. Um, I want to get into the forces that create fallen angels. Uh, there are several forces. Why don't you briefly go over what those forces are? Yeah, uh, 
business and economic cycles last about four years, and so different industry sectors will expand or contract depending on where we are in this cycle. Uh, the cycle. The number one most common uh, fallen angel opportunity is when the economic cycle turns south and high-quality companies temporarily go on sale. They're affected by recessions specific to their industries, My, like American Eagle Outfitters, for example. Uh, the second uh, opportunity for bargain hunters are recoverable calamities. They create opportunities for anybody looking to buy an otherwise solid company when it's become a fallen angel due to panic selling. Uh, the company may have had uh, a misstep somewhere along the line. Uh, they have, uh, you know, They've transferred all their earnings to the settle a lawsuit or whatever, whatever for the quarter, uh, and and then eventually they recover. The the calamity was recoverable. Everybody gets sick. Every company has a problem. Uh, you know, every saint was a sinner. Every sinner has a future. So, <laughs> and then number three, market crashes and panics. They are the third force that create fallen angels. Uh, they're relatively rare, making it unwise to wait for them before investing. But when they do occur, if you're pre-programmed to take advantage of them, uh, when the strongest companies become extremely cheap, if only for a short time, you can really prosper in this world. So you've been doing that in the crash of 87. You were just buying like crazy. You saw this as a real opportunity. And various other crashes we've had, you always saw those as buying opportunities. Well, I wished I'd been that smart. I... Uh as I said, it took me 25 years to learn how to profit on fallen angels. I've done far more right than wrong uh, in my uh, career managing money for myself and for other people, uh, but I haven't always gotten it right. So it took me 25 years to figure it out. It took me 10 years to accumulate the material for this book, and I just hope it helps people. Indeed. Um, so overall, uh, you're kind of hanging... To some extent, growth investing is very popular these days. I mean, people like to go into Google and Apple and RIM and all the big kind of momentum stocks. Mm -hmm. uh, you're saying that's too dangerous for most people and they should stay with the, the boring but more solid companies that are meeting all your criteria. Well, right? I, I'm glad you mentioned those companies. They were all enormously cheap a year ago. Uh, well, about 10 months ago. And, then, and, and in fact, uh, at the March lows of this year, uh, they were trading at a fraction of their intrinsic value. Research in Motion was one of ours. We liked it at about uh, $20, $25. Uh, it, uh, it's trading at 60 now, and, and it's overpriced. Uh, but it's got momentum. Now, it's highly, uh, it's a very risky stock at this price. Uh, they, they basically have one product, the BlackBerry. Um, but people like it. So long as they like it, and it's a familiar name. It could become even more overpriced. I don't think that's the way uh, you ought to invest your, your hard-earned capital. It's like going to the horse races and, and making your bets based on the names of the horses and the color of the jockey's uniform. It's just speculation. Okay. You have at the end of your book uh, ten fallen angels. Uh, you've got some larger cap companies and some smaller cap uh, companies. Uh, in the minute or so that we have left, why don't you just go through briefly your favorite, say, amongst the small cap companies? Okay. Yeah, these are uh, 10 fallen angels for the next five years. They've already got, made nice moves off of uh, the prices that we've published here in the last couple of months. I, I guess my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorites has got to be MOVE, M-O-V-E. It's uh, the real estate services provider. It's down more than 90% from the old highs. Uh, they own Realtor.com. Uh, everything real estate goes online now. They're a real player that tra trades at around two bucks. Very good. 
All right, terrific. Well, this has been a, a, a real treat. Uh, my guest during this uh, show has been Gabriel Wisdom of Wisdom on Value Investing. You can also go to his website at gabrielwisdom.com. Thanks so much for being on the show, Gabe. Thanks, Jordan. And we'll be back again next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 